From Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity, this is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Reverend Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome to the pastor's table. I'm Mark Quanstrom. And I'm Tara Beth Leach. And we are continuing the conversation. This is part two of Pastor Chris DeMott, who is pastor of Reed City Church in Michigan. And we had a very transparent and vulnerable conversation. And today we are picking back up on what it means to continue on in the long haul, in the moment by moment, minute by minute, um, called to ministry. So what if we don't have to uh, micromanage our future? What if all we have to do is follow? Right. What if we don't have to win? What if we don't have to win? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what if we don't have to win? That yeah. would take so much pressure off if we didn't have to win all yeah. the time, right? There's nothing to win. It's been won. Yeah, so I have my own stories of temptation. I, I don't know that pastors think of an opportunity to go to the next best better charge. I don't think right. we do we think in terms of temptation ever that that's that may not be that I'm not sure that we think of those opportunities as temptations ever. I maybe we do. Um but I mean I mean that's because it's because that's the trajectory. It's a trajectory and I would imagine uh for some pastors you said that not all pastors have that opportunity. Right. Is there some looking over the shoulder, though, where pastors are watching other pastors go on to the next thing? Oh, I know. And wondering. I'm being left behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm being so left behind. Look at look at the success of these other persons, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have my own story of, of when it was an obvious temptation. Uh, Debbie and I were in seminary, and we... We vacationed in Wyoming, went to Cody, Wyoming. Yep. There was a re- Did I tell this story? I don't think I no, told this story. No. So Cody, Wyoming. Sorry, podcast listeners. I don't remember the stories I tell. Anyway, podcast. So so we're in Cody, Wyoming. And I said to Debbie on vacation, it was a very nice church. Overlooked the, t- I mean, looked at the Teton Mountains. Of Cody is kind of a resort town. And I said, if there's any church in the, in the United States I want to pastor, it's Cody, Wyoming. That's what I said to Debbie on vacation. I want to pastor this church, right? Staff, nursery school. I mean, it was a going thing. So we go, so we, go, we don't go to Cody. We go to Belleville, Illinois, Southern Illinois. And, you know, I didn't want to go there, but that's an old story. So, so we had a, an incident. This is now 30 years ago. An elderly gentleman who was on the board um, uh, was inappropriate with a young lady. They were visiting in their home um, and he was, he was inappropriate and not being conscious enough of, uh, the di- the nature of sexual abuse. Mm. Um, she she, br- she brought it to my attention, and uh, she told her husband, and um, she confronted the gentleman. The gentleman told his wife. We had a meeting in my office about the inappropriateness of the behavior. It wasn't full on. It was just it was just a crossing of a line, but it was definite line. And she forgave him in my office. And I'm wow. thinking, wow, this is a beautiful picture of the possibility of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Not recognizing that forgiveness 
quick forgiveness can be escapist mm-hmm. and expression of denial as a way instead of authentic forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out she really hadn't forgiven him. She was just trying to escape the pain. Mm. And um, I thought it was done. I thought, and then I started getting calls from people in the church. How come you're letting uh, an older gentleman in the church uh, not account for the sin against this woman? So people started leaving the church. Wow. Right. And I I didn't have a lot of people to leave. I mean, the young people were leaving Mm -hmm. because I was siding with the power structure. Right. I was, I wasn't, I was ignorant. Mm -hmm. I didn't know enough about the nature Mm -hmm. of sex abuse. So I'm in the middle of this mess in Belleville. Little, I mean, in little churches can be every bit as messy as large churches, maybe messier. And I get a call from the DS in Wyoming saying, uh, the, the people of Cody, Wyoming are interested in you coming out and pastoring their church. Mm. And I ran home and I said, Deb, you know that church in Wyoming that I said I was in the pastor? The Lord is providing us an escape. Mm. Whoa. The Lord, I mean, the Lord's giving us an and opportunity. And to Wyoming, I mean, I know. come on. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I just got back from vacation in Wyoming. I know. I know. Heaven's going to look like uh, like the, the Tetons. Yes. I mean, it's not going to look like Bourbon A. Sorry, Bourbon No. no. <laughs> it's going to look like, you know, other places. The advantage of living in, in, in not, as, uh, not as beautiful places is heaven will be quite spectacular. But those who live in beautiful places are just going to go, eh, I've seen this before. Yeah. So we have something to look forward to. Anyway, you can edit that out, Jazz, if you want. Um, how do we get here? What were we talking about? Uh, the Lord providing this. Oh, the, the Lord's providing, back to that. The Lord's providing us escape. And the Lord started talking to me and said, um, maybe, maybe I am providing you a way out because you didn't create the mess, really. It's not your fault. And then the Lord talked to me again and said that maybe, um, maybe you're supposed to stay and work this out. Hmm. Maybe you're supposed to stay and clean up the mess. So I had a DS call me one time to take a church in Michigan. And he said, uh, I need you, I'd love you to take this church, you know, greener pastures always. And I said to the DS, I said, well, the problem for me is when things are going really well, I have no reason to leave. And when things are going badly, I can't leave. So I don't know when I would ever leave. Wow. So um, of course I did leave. I I left Belleville and went to our bat, but um, if you don't, if you, out, if you outlast your brilliance, then you have to, I mean, if, if, how did you say it? Chris? Just, uh, if you outlast your brilliance, you just have to, you just have to dig into yeah. the idea of growth. You just right. have to keep growing up with your, with your congregation and with your, with your family. Um, because, because yeah. every pastor feels like at some point, I have nothing else left to say. Correct. I've said it all. I've preached it all. Every week. I've researched all the ideas. Right. I've yeah. given everything. And I, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I have that panic every week I'm preaching. Correct. What I, do I say now? What am I going to say? Am I going to, it's, you know, do I have anything to say new? Is there anything new uh, under the sun? And I guess, no, there's not anything new under the sun, which is, brings us back to why contextual on location, boots on the ground, ministry is what it's about. It's not about coming up with the new ideas. It's not about coming up with the best uh, a sermon, right? Mm-hmm. But it's about what the people need in that moment so that they can be shaped and formed in the likeness of Jesus 
and leave that gathering to living on mission as sent ones. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, kind of ministry in that context, going back to the very idea of just incarnational ministry of being present mm-hmm. in people's lives, the, the, the level of presence that happens over 20 years and how you can really prove yourself authentic and you can prove yourself um, sacrificial um, is is an amazing thing. You know, there there have been over the last couple of years for me opportunities in which um, there's some pretty major uh, crises or catastrophes, um, loss of life here within Reed City. And I've had opportunity to literally be Reed City's pastor mm. um, because I've I'm the known commodity. I've I've literally outstayed all of my ministry peers in this small wow. town. Um, yeah. And so, so there's that opportunity of just that, that trustedness mm-hmm. of, yes, when, when push comes to shove, we can go to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, and even for, for my wife, she teaches in the public school here, um, the, the relationships that she's been able to foster and to, and to grow over these years. And just the, the way that she's able to literally, you know, take the life of Christ into her science lab um, is it has just been so neat to watch over all of these years. Um, and, and it wouldn't happen again, uh, just in a couple of years, it happens over these decades. Well, so what are some of the other challenges, uh, staying in a town of 3000? Um, I don't know the pastors aspire to be the pastor of a church in a town of 3000 for 40 years. I don't think that's most pastors' aspirations. No, right. I mean it's it's is it right? It's no, it's it's not because it's it's the long haul. Um, you know, Jesus in the wilderness, right, and all the many yeah. temptations that Jesus had. All of them were shortcuts to glory, right? Right. All of them were shortcuts to avoid the long obedience in the same direction right. to the cross and to suffering. And in many ways, when we step into a church. Um, your, your instance on Cody, Wyoming was Mm -hmm. a shortcut. It would have been a shortcut. It would have been a shortcut away from the suffering. Right. And it's, again, it's not to say that when we do leave a place that it's a, that it's a shortcut. No, because yeah, we, we do. Right. We do. We do. We do leave. But I do think that there, there does need to be some, some deep soul reflective work on when God calls us out. I, I reflect on at least one, I mean, in my very early 20s, at least one where I took a shortcut. At least, at least. Okay. I'm interested in your shortcut. Sure. Yeah. I was, I was probably 24 years old. I was wildly homesick. I'd been in Owego, New York, and a church three times the size gave me a ring and it was brutal. It was, it was a, it was a brutal call. Um, somewhat comical now in hindsight, but I was immature. I was excited for the next thing. I wanted to be closer from home. I had no sense of call for the long haul. Mm. It was a stepping stone. But you didn't go. I did go. Oh, you did go? Oh, yeah, I did go. Oh, I, I don't know this story. Yeah, I went to Indiana for a very short stint. Bigger church. Bigger church. More opportunity. More opportunity. Closer to home. Uh-huh. You're kidding. You took 
you took the shortcut. I took You're the You're admitting shortcut. this on this podcast? I took the shortcut. I took the sh- I mean, again, I am just wow. in awe of the journey that the spirit has taken me on. Um, I wonder how many shortcuts I've taken. Like I, as we're talking, I, I'm like, okay, like I would love to reflect on this journey as, as to when I took shortcuts because how could I have not? I mean, it, and God doesn't waste anything. That's, no, that's, that's true. the amazing yeah. part about the work of grace and right. the way the economy of the kingdom works. Right. And it is it is living proof that God's mission is more robust and dynamic than anything we could ever imagine or comprehend. Um, and, and I think there's been some shortcuts along the way for me. Wow, Chris, what do you want to say to that? Um, I'm, is- I'm think I'm thinking about shortcuts in my own life, and and I'm thinking about when I really began to understand the dilemma of shortcuts and what they what they show to other people um, as a father, because uh, we I have a son and a daughter, and. You know, we spend our whole lives wanting to build into them just an ethic and a discipline. And for them to witness me, you know, taking shortcuts and looking for the escape and looking for the easy way out, I simply I simply didn't want to model that. And part of that had to come into the context of them watching me pastor this congregation, um, which, by the way, um, is the very place where they grew up. You know, they, this, this was home to them. And so they, they were watching all of, all of those details. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't want them to be the kind of people that really looked at, began to look at the church, um, as just something that we can easily pick and choose. And so if it disappoints us or if it bothers us, then we can just go look for the next best thing down the road. I wanted them to really just be mindful of the fact that, no, this is this is where we're called. This is where we're planted, whether it's ugly, whether it's messy, whether it's productive, whether it's just slow and steady. This is where we dig in. And um, and I, I'm I'm prideful to say that both of my adult children now love the Lord and they love the church and they're investing in their churches um, in just that slow, methodical way. And so, um, you know, I think I think for me. Um, I didn't want to do it as as a pastor, of course, you know, um, but then all the more important when I knew that my children were watching me and I just thought, boy, I, I don't want them to be shortcut kind of people. Yeah. So they need to have a dad who is just, you know, uh, as best as possible, just a marathon runner here wow. in this place. Wow. But, but with, I do want to say, it isn't only that, I mean, let's, so, so let's say we, um, Take a shortcut, as mm-hmm. Terabeth says she did. I'm, I'm, not, I'm gonna withhold judgment on whether or not you really did. But with that said, let's say we'll say we'll say what you say that that was a shortcut. With the redemptive power of God, isn't okay. So we'll have to make it right from here. I think the power of redemption is the Lord says, okay, we'll make this right. And I, th- I think that's that's really important to understand mm-hmm. that a lot of times we think that if we step out of the will of God, then the rest of our life is second best. Mm-hmm. 
And if we just stayed true to the call, then you know we would have had a, our life would have had a completely different redemptive trajectory. It's no safer place to be than the center, center of God's, God's will, will, right? And if you step out, boy, well then it's going to be a long haul in the wrong direction, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But and I and I think sometimes you think of redemption as God rescuing us from bad decisions, um, and which He does obviously sometimes. But but I think when we take a shortcut, God doesn't just obviously, you know, wash his hands of us. He, I think he says, okay, so then we're going to, we're going to make this one right. We're going to make this right. Mm -hmm. As if it were the first choice, as if it wasn't a shortcut. Um, right. And, and that, I think, I think that's partly what you say. That's what you mean when you say God doesn't waste anything. Right. So maybe that, maybe in God's mind, going to Indiana was not the best. Right. Mm -hmm. But God's, but God's didn't say, okay, well now we got to figure her life out now. God's going, okay, so this is yeah. where we go for now. We yeah, go from is, here. We go from here. We go from here and yep. it's all going to be good. Yep. So that's, that's really important. I can't tell you how many times God has probably had to say, okay, we're going from here. <laughs> so we go from here. Um, but oh, Pretty it's rowdy. so much easier. It's so much easier to leave, Chris. Oh, it's so much easier to leave. Isn't it? Yeah. It. It is, and it would be. Um, you know, I think one one of the things that I've tried to just always keep in balance, and honestly, I don't keep them in balance, is um, what is first priority in my life? Am I first a pastor and then a disciple, or am I first a disciple and then a pastor? Um, because if I'm first a disciple, then um, and I'm following closely and I'm being obedient to where to to who God wants me to be and I'm growing in him, um, then I don't need to always be looking for how I might be able to increase uh, my pastoral position, you know, that, and so I, again, I've, I've really wrestled with that. I'm, I'm competitive by nature. I want to get things done. I, I want things to grow and expand, but, um, you know, uh, again, not to make light of the scripture, but, you know, I'm looking forward to the Lord looking at me and saying, well done, good and faithful, not overly productive, you know, super fruitful. You winner, grew this, you grew that. You're, yeah. yeah, you're the winner. Um, but, but no, you, we, we did, we walked together and I, I grew up in him and uh, came to a place where, where my life, and we talk about this all the time in, in the context of our church, that, that when, when literally when people see me, they see a recognizable reflection of Jesus Christ. That, yeah, it's, it's Pastor Chris. We know that guy. He's been here a while. But to be able to look beyond that and, and, to, see, and to see Christ as, as a member of this Reed City Church and Reed City community um, in me, walking around. Hmm. Well done, good and successful pastor. <laughs> That's how I think we sometimes hear it. Mm -hmm. Well, because those are the ones that we yeah. platform. Yeah. Those are the ones that we celebrate. Those are the ones with the book deals. Right. Right. Well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. You're helping me today, Chris. And, and you know, um, I didn't know this at the time, moving to 
moving to Reed City actually helps in that process because if you move to a place that nobody knows it exists and then in about a year they won't even know you exist, right. you can let go of some of that desire for notoriety because you've like fallen off the grid. Um, and so in many ways, it, just being here in this place has been beautiful for me and my growth and, and our family because um, we're just we're here, we're planted here. And, um, we, uh, a lot of people just, like I say, don't even know we're here or what's going on because you don't really talk about Reed city much. Mm. Nazareth, what good can come from there? Reed city, what good can come from there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, well, pastor Chris, thank you so much for joining us uh, for these two episodes. Uh, reflecting on staying for the long haul, reflecting on the gifts of of staying, um, sometimes at the expense of winning, right? Mm -hmm. at, the, at the expense of winning in the eyes of, of the world, in the eyes or the lens of the metrics that we tend to measure. Uh, you've, ha you've helped, Mark. I, I know I, without divulging too much, you know, before we started this podcast today, um, Mark was sharing some some pretty raw, guttural things that he's going through uh, that happens in everyday pastoral ministry. Things that I went through, things that you would probably understand, um, the ups and the downs. I mean, there's just nothing like pastoral ministry. In one moment, we're watching someone confess that Jesus is Lord for the first time. In one moment, we're there at the birth or the baptisms or the weddings, and in the next moment... We're getting a terrible letter from a congregate, and they're telling us all the reasons why we have failed and we've not won, and they're walking away. That's pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. And you've you've experienced all of that, I would imagine. And pastors and lay leaders that are listening, maybe they're in the thick of it, too. And so I hope uh, that your words have blessed our listeners as much as they have blessed uh, Mark and I. Um, and nurtured this call that we have. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I, I think I've said this to you, but um, we've known each other for, I don't know, 15 years maybe. Mm -hmm. And you've been uh, one of the, I don't say, I don't speak too much, but you've been a model and a mentor from a distance for me. And uh, I have, we've sit, we've sat together in church assemblies and we fussed with each other about stuff. Um, and I've always known you as uh, real, as authentic. And you're, or what are we first, disciple or a pastor is a really, really good question yeah. for every pastor to yeah. ask. Yep. Um, because we're supposed to be disciples first. Yeah. So you've said several things today that have been um, timely for me and I think timely for a lot of folks. Yeah. So thank yeah. you today for this gift of an hour that you gave us. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the pastors listening, um, the purpose of this podcast is to keep you faithful to your call, um, regardless of the success, apparent quote-unquote successes, quote-unquote failures. Um, and we hope that this has been helpful and encouraging and uh, we'll again, enable you to hear the words from our Savior, well done, good and faithful yeah. servant. Yeah. So friends, may God bless you as you continue on 
and the long obedience in the same direction, uh, one step, one faithful step at a time. Thanks for listening.